0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story.
1: So as we mentioned at the end of the last episode, how would you do improv and pre-made? Right. So with pre-made, um, you
0: know, you want to talk about a railroad. Many pre-made adventures, in my opinion, feel very railroad-ish, except for maybe choosing if I go left, right, straight, or diagonal in a dungeon room, um, which to me is a false sense of choice, but fine. Um, so how do you do improv in a pre-made is a great question. So first of all, there's two, two major problems to fix in pre-mades right away. Um, one is, is it too hard? In which case, start removing people. That normally has never been my issue. The second one is, is it too easy? And if it's too easy, then you need to up the intensity. And you can do that in really two ways. One is just add more monsters of what they have. But sometimes that's not even close to enough. Sometimes it doesn't matter if there's five kobolds or 150 kobolds in a room. It's just, um, if your players are at a certain high enough level, if and you're throwing, like, let's say they're at level, I don't know, 10 or something, and then the, the room calls for half challenge rating characters, there's almost not enough, there's almost never enough half challenge rating characters that will be a, a problem for a 10th level character mm-hmm. because the, you'll find out pretty quickly as things go on, like these characters don't have the ability to hit the character unless they roll a nat 20. And then because of things like damage reduction and other things like that, it literally, they could do no damage at all either. So they can never confirm they're critical and they can never overcome the damage reduction. So at that point, like it doesn't matter if there's a horde of cobalts in a room you know, a 15th level fighter doesn't have to actually care about them. He can just walk through them. Like they impede his movement, but literally it's like a terrain problem. It's not like actually like I'm inviting because I don't care. These guys can't actually hurt me. Um, so in that case, what I would suggest doing and shameless plug time, we just came out with a book called Human NPCs. You can find the link to it in the show notes or the description below. But basically what it is is it's basically stat blocks for 84 different characters. So if you're having that problem in your pre-made, you could throw in like a 6-level rogue or 6-level wizard or 12-level wizard. Or what we did is we grabbed all the, the base classes minus the ranger, used a ranged fighter as opposed to the ranger, and gave you a level 1, three, six, nine, 12, 15, and 18 uh, level person, all human And you can just throw them in your game. And so if your players are walking through your premades really, really fast, you can just throw in a random nameless character um, to basically be supporting the troglodytes or the kobolds or the orcs or whatever's there. And, you know, they might just be a priest or something like that that can heal everybody. Or they might be a fighter who's leading a band of brigands or something. It doesn't really matter why they're there. Point is, it would really help your game out to have a bigger person there to kind of you know stop the oh there's a horde of kobolds we don't care about type of thing well here's four guys in the back that we do care about so that might be one option the other option is you can add traps in during the middle of the fight you could add certain things like pit traps and stuff and um, where the lower level characters that they're fighting aren't really going but trying to force those characters into you know it's like oh well you could flank me if you move to this square yeah that square's a pit trap so when now your fighter is out triggering the pit trap because you guys walked in. You're in a combat situation. The rogue is not not searching all the squares right now. The rogue is engaged in trying to get up, you know, trying to get a sneak attack in. So the fighter runs out twenty feet in the middle of the room and then falls ten feet into a spike pit trap because hey, uh, that's what happened. And the people in the room know where the traps are, so they place themselves in such a way for yes, it's easy for you to hit melee with me if you run to my square. Oh. By the way, there's a pit trap there, or there's an arrow dart trap there, or there's you know X Y Z trap there. So that's one big problem with premates is the challenge rating of the characters versus the game may not be matched. Mm -hmm. The other one, as you know, Jacob, is the storyline. Uh huh. So just as a recap, give him give the our viewers the one storyline that had the biggest plot hole. Ever at the end of the campaign, that would be return re- return to the ruins of Castle Greyhawk. I think the expedition to the ruins of Castle Greyhawk is something the like that. It's a three five module
1: for D anD D, where you're going through the temple of Sigig, and you're and he was an arch wizard that basically created a machine that allowed him to attain godhood. Yeah, it was called the God Trap, and he had people still
0: trapped in it.
1: He had gods still trapped. So like we get down there, we kill another mad wizard trying to attain godhood, and then. We had a if you've ever watched Kodak, we have a Brian or a party who breaks everything, and he wanted to use the god trap. Which, as you do, because no offense, what what person in the right mind
0: looks at a god, ability to attain godhood and thinks we should let these guys go? Because I mean, well, they're all good. Well, none none of my characters, none of my players play good characters unless I force them to. They're all neutral or chaotic neutral, at best. And to be honest, chaotic neutral is a slippery scale. Of I need to I do I need to do enough evil deeds to outbalance the good deeds I've done. And in reality, it's I need to do some good deeds because I am doing a lot of evil deeds. Um,
1: yeah, a lot of us were chaotic neutral just because it's the easiest way to go, or yeah,
0: true neutral, right? If you can't if you don't allow us to be chaotic. Exactly. So these guys wanted to become deities. There are no rules, no reason, no ability not to do it. And because I have a min-maxer, rules lawyer in my party, Matt, who's been on the podcast before, he literally could not roll below a 40 in a knowledge arcana. In any knowledges. Well, in any knowledge. But I mean, he does a knowledge arcana and he's getting like a 60 something. And it's like, well, crap. He probably understands how this works enough. So I literally had to make a rule, talking about improv, where I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. We are going to do an alternate reality. We were split in reality. So in your guys' reality, Matt, you tried the God Trap, and it failed. It did not work. You killed the three deities in there, and y'all got bumped up by five levels. Congrats. We're done. Now, let's play. Now, now this, this game's over. Like, we're done. You guys have done everything you needed to do. Is there anything else you care about doing? No, we're fine. Okay, great. So we go on with life. So let's now spend the next four game sessions. What if alternate reality, it's never happened you all became, Matt, you became a god through this. And then Matt proceeded to use the god trap to then ensnare other deities to then bring them here to then make the rest of the party a god. And because we were playing alternate reality, I didn't care that they broke my game. Mm -hmm. Just didn't care. Also, we were at the end of the game, so I didn't care then either. So that may be a fun thing to think about, is to literally say, okay, we're going to put a pin in our game right here. We're going to pause our game. But uh, we are going to do an alternate reality where you do succeed at this, but in real reality, you failed. Okay. Didn't work. Like you thought, you know, maybe you got some really cool bonuses out of it, but like you're, you're not becoming a deity, but we're going to spend the next five or six game sessions playing in an alternate universe where you did and have fun with that. So one way to improv in pre is what if they, there's no choice. Like they've never given you the choice that the players obviously want to take. Well, You could literally just say, okay, let's put a pin in this. Let's make an alternate reality version of it. Let's break the game to death. Let's not even care about the pre-made anymore. And you guys go out and do whatever the heck you want. Mm -hmm. And then in like five, 10 weeks, we're going to come back. We're going to go back to this point in this book. And we're going to go run the pre-made again. (laughs) The rest of the pre-made with the fact that you actually did not succeed. But now you had a cool like. Marvel's what if watcher adventure of what if they did succeed. So that's another way to handle improv in your RPG is to, you know, yeah, let them do it. But maybe if you realize it's going to break your game, so fundamentally, just don't let them actually do it. So, um, I mean, the other problem with pre-mades is just because again, their testers are not my testers. So I think that the, the games are either too hard or too easy. And too hard to be an example of like Tomb of Horrors. Oh. And I don't even know how you fix Tomb of Horrors except don't play it. I'll be honest with you. I just I just Tomb don't know. How to do it. Tomb of Horrors
1: has so many problems. Yeah. Because they just throw in puzzles that you can't solve and other things just to punish you for so, exploring.
0: Let's say you decide to play Tomb of Horrors, which I heard they just released for five. Yes, they did. And they haven't fixed any of the issues they had in three no. or in two. No. Or in three or five. five. The same. Kept it the same. And there's some really yeah. weird spots where if you has the GM you're reading this you're like this makes no sense. You're right. It makes no track. sense. For a So what I would do in those cases, if you run across a pre-made where the thing is not written well enough that it doesn't make any sense, what you do is simply this. Give them a knowledge roll. Just make them roll an intelligence check or a wisdom check or some sort of check that makes sense. You can make it a saving throw if you wish because that will give them more bonuses, especially in the 5e system. So somebody can easily do like a 10 or 15 on it without too much problems if they're high enough level. And then literally just give them the answer. Like in that case, there's a misprint where there's a chest that's over that's literally in front of this wall that supposedly is like the only major corridor in and out of this thing. So somehow they're like climbing over a five foot tall chest every single time they want to walk through this dungeon. It makes no sense. And it hides everything. And then the descriptive test text doesn't help because it hides the actual thing. Yep. So what you do is as soon as they get there, they search the thing for traps. They do whatever needs to be done on the chest. You immediately have them all make a wisdom check or something and make sure that somebody in the party has a high enough thing that's been rolling well enough
1: that they can get it soon Spot as check they do in that case would be helpful because you're supposed yep. to find the five foot five feet down the corridor. Oh, there's a little bit of the paper tearing on the wallpaper. Literally. Oh, There's the secret door.
0: Literally a little bit and of a paper. And you're supposed
1: to remember that somehow.
0: Oh, and it's a huge check. In the three five. I think it was like a 30 or something somehow. And there's and as a level 8 character, you could never hit it. Like, you had to roll like an 18 or something typically to even hit it. I know. I, yeah, I know. You, you, Jacob's giving me this look like, what? And I'm like, I dude, Tomb of Horrors was a mess. This and, is why
1: we died.
0: <laughs> oh, a lot. <laughs> so the whole thing on that is, if you know you're going to play a really bad one-off adventure that you hear horrible things about... Then, first of all, just make them all roll up a character like I did for Tomb of Horrors. It was nobody they cared about. I didn't even care about them even having names. And I told them when they die. It's their cousin. It's just, you just you just pull out the same character sheet. We're just going to keep going. I don't even care.
1: Oh, hey, we found it. We, we, we found it with your cousin who's a yeah. dwarf in town again. Cool. Yes. And we take him.
0: Yeah. And some of you died over 10 times. We're not going to go into how many. But some of you guys died 10 times a piece. And so it was just easier to do that. No one cared about names. It didn't matter. We just kept rolling. And they kept dying. And then what I would do differently is I would have things where it's like, oh, my God, you're not getting this. Um, and I think that's what I did. Like, they're not seeing this. This makes no sense. I literally just said, OK, make me a, make me a check. And I made sure the check was so stupid that they couldn't fail it. And I said, oh, you notice this. You feel a breeze coming through the hallway there. It looks like a dead end, though. Oh, cool. We know there's a secret door. Yep. OK, you bash on it. The door opens. Thank God you're through.
1: There were sections where you're like, open up to a secret door. Closet. Oh, there's a clo- there's a secret door behind that closet to lead to 80 more closets that have secret doors. Why? Yes, it was bad.
0: So if you're playing it, if you got into an RPG, a pre-made RPG, it doesn't make any sense and you're reading through it. And one, maybe just stop. But two, if you feel like you really need to conquer the Tomb of Horrors so you can all say you played it, which is fine if that's one of you, if that's you. No, you're going to have to make a lot of capitulations to make it actually work. And don't be afraid to do that as a GM, because if you don't do that, you'll literally be sitting in the same spot for an hour and a half where no one is having any fun. Everyone's frustrated and you're frustrated, too. So my suggestion is improv on um, pre-made RPGs is you're supposed to be having fun. And if you're not having fun, it's probably the RPGs pre-made that's that's the problem, not you and your group. So do what you can to basically alleviate those problems and make it easier for them to play and have a good time. That is my suggestion, and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Hey, thanks for listening.
0: And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.